Praise the Lord. Welcome in to another Soar of Seeds podcast. I'm your host, Ted Johnson. And let's go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, just please be in, in prayer for our, our nation here on this uh, after, after post, let's say post-election. Uh, there's still counting votes. Uh, still have really have no idea as uh, exactly what's uh, going on. Excuse me. Who's ahead and who who is not? And so, uh, I, it it doesn't matter exactly how it goes and uh, or anything like that. It, it I'm afraid that it's going to get ugly. Um, but just let's just pray for our nation. Pray for the people that they will uh, use a little common sense and do the right thing. Our kind and gracious and loving Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for this day. And God, I thank you for being with us and caring for us and keeping us safe, dear God, on our job and while we was on the highway, dear God. And Lord, I just thank you, Lord, for being with us and for just using us, dear God. And Lord, I, I praise you for our job. I thank you, dear God, for each and every wonderful blessing, dear God. Lord, we pray now for our nation, dear God, in this election, dear God, as they're counting the votes. God, I pray, Lord, that you just be with the people and just, God, just try to keep them calm. And, and Lord, just give this election count a swift end, dear God, without a lot of fanfare and, and negativity. And, God, just move in a great and a mighty way in our nation, Lord, we God, this, this nation as a whole needs, God, to really to get back to you and to lift you up and to worship you and, and not worry about all the the political things that's in the world. That, that, that's all going to pass away, God. And what we need to look for and hold on to and, and to trust and to follow is you. And, Lord, I praise you and I glorify you. Man will lead us lead us down the wrong path, Lord, but you will never lead us down the path of unrighteousness. And God, I just pray, Lord, that you just take my mind and my lips, dear God, and just use them for your glory, dear God, Lord, that you may be lifted up and someone, dear God, may receive something from this podcast. God, I love you and I thank you and I praise you for everything. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, we're going. We're going to get into Leviticus chapter, uh, Leviticus Numbers chapter twenty-five. Uh, but we will. Uh, I'm going to go back to twenty-four there for uh, for a minute. Uh, as we was talking last time about uh, Balaam, uh, Balak got him to come in to curse Israel, and he ended up blessing Israel and. Balak took him to three different places, and each time he he blessed Israel instead of uh, cursing them. And then when finally, when it was all over with, and Balak got mad and told him, you know, that he just needed to get back to his own his own country and just leave. Uh, before he left, <laughs> he took the time to let Balak know that all the different. Uh, people that was gathered around him, all the different nations and, and cities and everything that was around him. He, he, he called out each one of them individually and he cursed them. And he basically told Balak that, um, 
the children of Israel was going was going to take over everything and wipe out everybody, and he's right, and uh, they the children of Israel will, will do that as long as they trust in the Lord and follow the Lord, and you know it's 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 one of those times when God will give you His blessing, but you know He's just not going to give you His blessings for nothing, you know. He died upon the cross to save us from our sins. Now then, if we want his blessings and we want him to be with us and use us, we're going to have to put forth a little bit of effort and we're going to have to want to let him use us and we're going to have to want to let him do uh, for us and we're going to have to do for him. And, it, you know, so it all goes comes down to, to trusting in God, obeying the Lord, doing what they want you to do and not worrying about everything else of the world. And that, that way we will come out on top. We are winners. As long as we hold on to, to God's unchanging hand and we follow the Lord, we're going to come out winners. So, you know, and I know it's, it's going to get hard. It really is. I'm not going to lie to you. It's not going to be an easy thing to do. It's going to get hard. But... The thing about it is, is we don't have to go through it alone. I don't, you know, as we've talked uh, in some of the other episodes, you know, we sometimes we feel like we're all by ourselves. Our family has just, uh, you know, they have just left us, and they, they, we, we just feel with everybody around us, and as many people as we can get around us, we still feel alone. It's like that nobody knows exactly what we're going through. Nobody knows exactly what it feels like to be me at this present time. Well, I've got news for you. Jesus does. He knows just exactly what it feels like to be you. He's been, Remember, he's been there. He walked upon this earth for 33 and a third years. He knows just exactly what you're going through. Because it said, the Bible said there's nothing new under the heavens. So everything that you've went through, Jesus has already went through it. And as I always say, experience is the best teacher. So he knows exactly what it, what it feels like to be you and be the, in the situation that you're in right now. So just, just turn all your trust and all your thoughts and all your praise and all your prayers to him, even though it doesn't feel like he's there and even though it doesn't feel like you're your prayers are going no higher in your head. He still hears them. He's still right there beside of you. So just follow him and just trust in him and call upon him because he, he will move. And, you know, he may not take us around whatever we're going through. Uh, sometimes he takes us right through the middle of the fire. But, you know, there again, He's right there with us, and he's walking every step of the way. He feels everything that you feel. He he know he he cries every tear that you cry. He he hurts his heart breaks and everything just like yours does. He don't he don't keep you out of these things. He just helps you through them, and that's what we need to do a lot of times to strengthen us is to go through some of these things. But, you know, Israel, bless their heart. You know, I have studied so much on this. And, and let me tell you something. If you ever wonder 
that if you're doing if you're doing and and saying just exactly what you need to be saying if you're really following the lord and my question is a lot of times lord am i doing exactly what i'm supposed to be doing and and the, the when i get on here and i start teaching and everything my afterwards my question is lord <laughs> that 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 is you know is that what you wanted me to say because sometimes it it to me it, it feels like i'm rambling but uh but you know what? When you go in and you sit down in church on Wednesday night or Sunday morning or whenever you go or whenever you listen to a service on on uh, Facebook or YouTube or whatever, they're speaking along the same lines as as what you've been speaking on uh, the whole time on your podcast. It just it's it seems like that they have heard your prayers that you pray to God. And they and they have been listening in earnestly on your podcast because everything that you teach on and everything you pray about, they they preach and teach on it in church. So yes, I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, I'm still going. I'm still going to question myself. I'm I'm still going to question, uh, am I doing the right thing? And I'm still going to question, Lord, is is that what you want? Uh, wanted me to speak on and and I'm still going to question Lord it just sounds like I'm rambling sometimes but you know what the name of this podcast is Sower of Seeds so it doesn't matter what it what I say it doesn't matter uh, you know whether it makes sense to me or not I'm sowing seeds and that's 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 what the Lord wanted me to do is sow is sow seeds. You know, on one place in the Bible, um, if I get the name, I get one name right. I'm not real sure about the other, but I think it. Uh, uh, how was it? it? Said Paul. Paul planted and Apollos watered, but God is the one that gives the increase. So I pray a lot of times, Lord, let me plant those seeds where they need to be planted, and then Lord send someone to water those seeds. Lord, that you may get the increase, because that's what it's all about anyway. It's not about me, and it's not really about you, but it's about God and what we can do for him and uh, what the Lord can do for us. We need to accept the Lord as our personal Savior, and we need to live for him, and then we need to follow him and do just exactly what he wants us to do. Yes, sometimes we fail. If you've been listening and paying attention, the children of Israel has uh, had has a lot of ups and downs. They've had some good times. They've had some bad times. Uh, there's been a lot of them that has been taken out, uh, has been killed, and some of them had the Lord has just taken them. They they died basically a natural death. But and there's a lot of them. God God took them out because of their wickedness. And but it seems to me like that Israel is still having problems learning the lessons, just like we as children of God are today. We have a really hard time learning the lessons that the Lord really wants us to to receive and to understand and to apply to our to our lives. In verse twenty-five, and Israel abode in Shittim. And the people began to commit whoredom with the daughters of Moab. 
And they called the people unto the sacrifices of their gods, and the people did eat, and bowed down to their gods, and Israel joined himself unto Baal Peor, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. And the Lord said unto Moses, Take all the heads of the people and hang them up before the Lord against the sun, that the fierce anger of the Lord may be turned away from Israel. And Moses said to the judges of Israel, Slay ye every one his men that were joined unto Baal Peor. <laughs> so here, you know, this this is another thing I... I I, I I understand in a, in a, in one sense and in another sense I don't understand because uh you know when when we give our heart and life to God for the first time uh you know we feel like we can we can go out and we can slay demons uh you know and we want everybody everybody we come in contact with we want them to feel just exactly what we feel but then as, as time goes on, it seems like we start start losing that feeling. And, and um, I don't know whether it's uh, us or what. Well, it's, it's us. I know that. But I don't know whether that it's just the, the newness is wearing off of it or the people talking about us and making fun of us is getting to us or, or what it may be. But it seems like it, it starts wearing off. And... Then something, then then something comes up, and and uh, maybe one of your friends that you used to go out and party with, and everything comes up, and and that wants you to go out with them, and and you say no, I don't do that stuff anymore, and they they sort of make start making fun of you or whatever. I don't know what, exactly what the reason is, but anyway, we we start slipping back, and we we start getting a little bit cold on the Lord. But uh, let me tell you something. This is a point to where that we really need to get into the Word of God and study the Word of God and pray and 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 get ourselves in church and to a certain church and we really need to uh, go to that church and get involved in that church and and with the people in that church so that we can have someone. Uh, that's like-minded that we can feed off of and we can draw strength from and we can ask questions and and uh, they'll let us know exactly you know what it, what we need to do and and what they done and how and what it was like for them you know that's always a, uh, one good thing is is the elders the ones that has has been uh, saved for a long time we need to we need to get with them, and we need to, the old saying is we need to pick their brain and find out just exactly how that they have uh, been a Christian for so long. Well, let me tell you something. If you if you really hang in there, and you'll really get into to following the Lord, and you get into trusting the Lord, and 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 you you uh, for, and you remember that uh, all the things of this world one of these days is going to pass away. And we've got a, a a wonderful mansion and a beautiful city that is waiting on us. You know, it makes it a little bit easier. But as you grow on and you get stronger in the Lord and you get stronger in the Lord, it, it gets so much more easy, easier to to uh, 
fend off all these little fiery darts that Satan throws at you and all these doubts that come into your mind and all these things. It, it gets a whole lot easier to do that. But, you know, there's still times that we, we're going to fall. Uh, I, you know, that's, that's one of those, those proven facts that I really, the statistics I really don't like, you know, because in my, in my situation right now and, the way, and where I am with the Lord and, and my Christian life and everything, I do not like doing those things. I do not like saying those words that uh, when I get angry or upset or something that I, I say every once in a while. I do not like those things. I don't, I don't like people using uh, curse words and things around me. It just, it's, it's like some people, when you know, when you scratch your nails on a chalkboard, how it, that's how it makes me feel because they're, 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 I know they're talking to my Lord and, and that, that really, that really bugs me. And some people you can talk to and some people you can't. But the children of Israel, for after all the things that the Lord had done for them and blessed them, and yes, he had to chastise them, but after all they'd done, they they got together with the Mennonite women and they, they started going off and, and bowing down to their, their gods and sacrificing to them and then eating the sacrifice that they sacrificed to these gods and and then they started uh, fooling around with the women and everything, and God got very angry again at Israel. Uh, you know, and this is this is many times that the Lord had got angry with them. But you know, I stop and I think and think, my gosh, how many times did has my has my Lord and Savior got upset and angry with me for the stupid things that I do? You know. Uh, things that I say that I shouldn't say, you know, that's, I guess that my temper and, and mouthing off when I get mad and angry and upset and everything, that's, that's one of my biggest things. So, um, the Lord and I are working on it and, and it's, it's a process and, you know, <laughs> there again, I don't like it and I don't like doing those things. So I want the Lord to fix it and I want him to fix it right now. But uh, it don't work that way. It's going to be the, in God's way in his time because the way that, see, God has got this thing all figured out. He's had millions and millions and millions of years to, to think about the, all this stuff and everything, and he's got it all figured out, and it's, he's got it all down to a science. And the thing about it is is he can take that away, away from us all at one time. He can do that. I'm, I I have no doubt of that. He can take that away from us all at one time. But if he takes it away from us just a little bit at a time and we keep praying and asking God to, to, to work in that situation and we keep, we keep trying our best to refrain from doing it, uh, and we we have to go down and ask God to forgive us because we've done it. In the end, we're, we are going to be a whole lot better off because we're going to understand that, yes, it can be done with God's help and with the Lord's help. It can be done, but it is going to take some work on my part. So, you know, 
just like the the things in this world, you uh, you want a house, you want clothes, you want food, you want vehicles, you're going to have to work for it. Unless your parents are filthy rich, you know, you're going to have to go out and get you a job and you're going to have to work for this stuff. So if you want something for the Lord, you're going to have to put forth some effort and you're going to have to work for it. And then if you stray off, um, realize that what you have just did is a sin and ask God to forgive you for it. And then don't do it no more. Don't do it no more. But, you know, for us not to do those things anymore, we're going to have to remember that we done them. And this is where that we need to stay close to the Lord so when that Satan starts tempting us with these things, then we can turn from them at that point in time and, and ask the Lord to give us strength and turn from them and that way we won't be we won't be sinning. The temptation is not the sin. The sin is putting that temptation into action. That's when the sin comes in. It's, it's when we move upon that temptation. That's when the sin comes in. Satan tempts us. That's not, to, that's not a sin. Those thoughts that comes into our heads, that's not the sin. It's when we put actions to those, uh, to those thoughts and we start contemplating those thoughts and we, we get to thinking about, you know, yeah, we could do this and, and nobody would know it. And, uh, you know, I'm just, you know, just flirt a little bit and, you know, I ain't going to have nothing going to happen. Well, is it or ain't it? How strong are you? How strong is your faith in the Lord? How strong is your willpower? How strong? How much do you really want to worship God? That's the question. Because it don't take but just a little bit of sin to get into your life to corrupt you till it starts growing. You know, I was talking about sowing the seeds a few minutes ago, sowing the, the spiritual seeds. You know, we also can sow, uh, sow evil seed, and those evil seeds will grow just as good. And if you remember the parable of the uh, sower uh, that, uh, God, that the Lord taught about. And he, he was sowing the seeds and some of it fell on stony ground and some of it fell on uh, different types of ground and some of it fell, uh, when it fell in uh, on a place, it didn't take root real good because the ground was hard and everything. And when it started to grow, there was uh, all kinds of uh, different, weeds and things that grew up and, and it, it choked the life out of the the seed that uh, he had sown and it didn't grow it, it started to grow and then it, and it got killed you know that's when that's when uh, we give our heart and life to God for the first time and we start living for the Lord and if we don't watch, watch it the Lord uh, Satan will tempt us with those things that we used to do when we were back out in sin and the next thing you know we're right back out there with them but yet this time we are telling ourselves it's all right because we ask God to forgive us of our sins and he will continue to forgive us of our sins so it's all right to do this stuff now uh, but no it's not uh, if it was a sin before you got saved it is definitely a sin after you got saved so, you know, we need to be very careful and keep our eyes upon the Lord. 
But the children of Israel, they, they started uh, committing whoredom with the daughters of Moab and, and they sacrificed to their gods and bowed down to them and, and uh, ate the sacrifices that they uh, ate the meat that they had sacrificed to these idols and, and, and the Lord was angry. And he told Moses, he said, take all the heads of the people and hang them up before the Lord against the sun that the fierce anger of the Lord may be turned away from Israel. And Moses said unto the judges of Israel, slay ye every one his men that were joined unto Baal Peor. You know, the Lord is, is getting real angry, or God is getting real angry with the, with the Israelite people because of the sins and things that they keep committing and and the uh, talking against him and the talking against Moses and the backstabbing and the complaining and the griping and and... You know, like I said, I don't read. I don't read anywhere where they ever thank God for anything that He done, but they always complain when things didn't go their way. Just like us, as children of God today, how many of us, as children of God, take the time when we sit down at a meal, whether it be at home, at a restaurant, at someone else's house, at work? Wherever it may be, when we sit down to partake of a meal, how many of us take the time to thank God for the meal, thank God for the people that prepared that meal, and to bless it and to use it for our, the nourishment of our bodies? How many of us do that every time we sit down to a meal? How many of us thank God for every piece of candy that we eat during the day, every potato chip that we eat, um, serving of potato chips that we eat every day, cup of coffee, that first cup of coffee in the morning, how many of us thank God for that cup of coffee before we partake of it? You know, we, we really need to start thanking God more and complaining a whole lot less. It, it's, it's hard to do. Uh, it's not hard to thank God more for the things, but it's it's really hard to complain less. You know, it, it's it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. So, you know, we have complained all of our life about everything. So now then we, we are getting to the point to where that we are trying to quit complaining and thank God for what we have got. And don't worry about what we haven't got. If we need it, the Lord will supply it. And if we don't need it, why why are we worried about it if we don't need it? You know, we may not have steak every day, or we may not have um, I don't I can't think of none of them fancy dishes right now. We may not have that every day, but we have substance. We have food that supplies our body with the nutrients and the things it needs to give us strength to do whatever we need to do. Uh, and some of us, like me, we, we, <laughs> we have a little bit more nutrients than what we need, but, uh, you know, the Lord is just blessing us. <laughs> and, you know, but we need to thank God for that. Not worry and not complain because, you know, we're... Uh, like the children of Israel, they was complaining about the manna 
Uh, you know, that's all we eat is manna, manna, manna. That's all we eat. We want something else. Not one time did they thank God for the manna, but yet they complained about it. And the Lord sent them meat. And the old saying is, be careful what you ask for, because you might get it. And well, they got it. They didn't like it after they got it, but they got it. And that's another thing. You know, be very careful about what you ask God for. Make make it plain to the Lord that, you know, you would like to have this, but only if it's his will and uh, I can use it for your glory and it won't come between me and you. And, you know, that's, that's, the, that's the two stipulations I put on everything that I, things that I would really like to have. I don't need them, but I would like to have them. And I put those stipulations on them. God, if I cannot use it for your glory and it will come between me and you, I don't want it. I don't care what it is. I don't want it. I don't need it. Keep it away from me. So, you know, be very careful what you ask the Lord for. In, verse, in chapter 6, or verse 6, And behold, one of the children of Israel came and brought unto his brethren a Mennonitish woman in the sight of Moses and in the sight of all the congregation of the children of Israel who were weeping before the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And when Phinehas, the son of Elzar, the son of Aaron, the priest, saw it, he rose up from among the congregation and took a javelin in his hand, and he went after the man of Israel unto the tent and thrust both of them through the man of Israel and the woman through her belly, so the plague was stayed, from the children of Israel. And those that died in the plague were twenty and four thousand. So here we go again. We go off on something else, and now we're not complaining, but we're chasing after uh, something that we shouldn't be chasing after in, to begin with. And to top it all off, you know, some of them might have been doing it, you know, uh, uh, behind somebody's back or something like that. But this guy, this this guy, he was he was he was real brazen about it. He he done it right out in the open, and where everybody could see him. And they was all in the tabernacle, praying and seeking God, but and weeping because of this sin that was going on. And here comes this man, and he brings the sin into the tabernacle. He brings it in before the tabernacle because they was before the door of the tabernacle of the congregation when he brought this woman in. And so he brought this sin. He brought it in to the, basically he brought it into the church and he flaunted it under everybody, everybody's nose. The Lord was already angry with them. So now then he was going, he was really going to do something else. And when, uh, Phinehas, he was uh, uh, from Aaron. He was Aaron's grandson. When he saw it, he took a javelin and he chased the man and the woman down back to the man's tent and he killed both of them. And when that happened, the plague was stayed. And there was 20 and 4,000 that died in that plague. Now then, uh, we're going to get into... 
uh, just a little, just a few minutes of census that was taken. And if you remember, in uh, Genesis, I believe it was, no, it was Numbers. In Numbers, Moses took a census of all the men from 20 years old and upward. And there was 603,550 at the first census. Well, during that census and the next census, there was, there was a lot of people that the Lord had killed because of uh, disobedience, because of uh, disobedience and because of going against him. And if we remember, one of them was uh, the four men got together and got 250 men to go with them and went and challenged Moses and uh, his authority over everybody. And they they had a big uprising over that and a big contest, you know. Uh, they took their censors and the one that uh, the one that uh, the Lord picked, you know, that was going to be the one that was going to be over the children of Israel. And uh, the four men and the 250 lost. And the ground opened up and swallowed up the four men and all their families and everything that they owned, their tents and everything. And then there was a fire fell and consumed the 250. And let's see. And there was 14,700 died in the plague. Uh, in a in a plague that was in that was in number sixteen, and then I don't know how many died when the fiery serpents came into the to the camp and started biting people and they died. And then there was Miriam and uh, Aaron. Uh, they uh, died natural deaths, and then here they was. And this, this was the plague I was talking about. There was 14,700 that died in this plague. And then they took the second census. And at the second census, there was 601,730 men from 20 years old and upward. So they were, they were a bunch of people that were born from the time that they took the first census to the time that they took their second census because there was a lot of people that, that had died in between there. And I'm sure there was others that passed away that from natural causes that weren't mentioned. <coughs> and it was still 601,730 uh, in the second census. So God was blessing these people. They were multiplying. And they, they you know, I, I want to say that I don't understand why they didn't see what was going on and see how the Lord was working. But listen, hey, <laughs> we're right there with them. We as children of God, we're right there with them. We, we fail to see God working in anything and we try to fix it ourselves or or we sit back and we complain about it and oh oh is me and oh I, I ain't never I ain't never know to nobody to be in this much trouble and all this you know how we how we are how big of a babies we get when we start going through trials and things and everything don't go our way we want to complain and we want to blame it on somebody the reason why that we're going through this 
You know, I, I don't know about you all, but that's what I do a lot of times. I, it's somebody else's fault. It's not mine until recently. And I, I figured out that when, when I am going through something, there's three different reasons why I'm going through it. The biggest reason, and, and most of the time this is the reason, is something that I have done or something that I have not done that I, sh that I was supposed to do. Uh, that will put you in, in bad standing with the Lord, and the Lord will chastise you, so he will allow things to come upon you. Uh, but it's your fault now. And then there's the, the time when God allows things to uh, come upon you to test you and to strengthen you. Um, Pastor Joe at the church uh, last Wednesday night, he uh, taught on uh, Jonah and the whale. Last night. And he, uh, he taught it. He said there's two different types of storms. He said there's there's the storm, or self-storm, the storm that we cause to happen. We cause it ourselves. Let me get my notes out here from last night. Uh, but there's two different types of storm. Okay. There's a, a perfection storm. And then there's a correcting storm. A perfecting storm is that storm where that the Lord is trying us and he is, is letting us, allowing us to go through something and to uh, make us stronger and to strengthen us and to perfect us. This was a storm that Job went through. If you all remember the story about Job, uh, uh, how that... Uh, God allowed Satan to do unto him whatever he wanted to do, except he could not take his life. That was a that was a perfecting storm. Job, uh, Jonah, on the other hand, he went through a correcting storm. Uh, the Lord told him to go to Nineveh and to uh, preach in Nineveh, and Job uh, decided he didn't want to go that way. He was going to go to Tarshish, and jo and Jonah. Jonah got in trouble, and he ended up in the fish's belly for three days. And then when he was down in the fish's belly, he finally repented and told the Lord that he would go to Nineveh. So he, the belly bummed him out on the sea, and he went to Nineveh, and he preached in Nineveh, and Nineveh, everyone in Nineveh was saved and, and turned their heart and life over to God. But he had to go through a correcting storm before he got to the point of where that God wanted him to be. So sometimes, you know, we go through a correcting storm and sometimes we go through a perfecting storm. And the correcting storms are brought on by ourselves. We bring those on ourselves by Jonah not doing what God told him to do. And then the Lord allows the perfecting storms to come against us, Job, just because he trusted Job and he had faith in Job, he allowed Satan to do these things to Job because he knew Job and he knew just exactly where he stood. Yes, he, he Job complained and, and he uh, cursed the day that he was born, but yet he still stood strong in the Lord. He did not curse the Lord. 
And a matter of fact, a couple times I know of, he said, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And I've often wondered, can I, if I went through what Job did, could I be that strong in the Lord? And I, I, I cannot answer that. I would like to say yes, but, you know, we don't never know till we get into that situation. So, Phinehas, uh, the son of Elzar, the son of Aaron, the priest, has turned away my wrath from the children of Israel, while he was zealous for my sake among them, that I consumed not the children of Israel in my jealousy. Wherefore, say, behold, I give unto him my covenant of peace. So now then, Phinehas, he he was zealous for the Lord. These these two had uh, had really uh, sinned a great sin, and they 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 just basically rubbed it in everybody's face when they walked in to the door of the tabernacle while everybody was praying that the the Lord would take this uh, plague away from them and and uh, heal the, heal everybody and all this. And he walked in with this woman. So Phinehas grabbed a javelin, chased them all the way back to the man's tent, and killed both of them. Well, this, this Phinehas was, did this because he was zealous for the Lord. In other words, he he had the Lord, uh, he was for the Lord 100%. And he, he did not like this coming into the camp, especially to the door of the tabernacle. So he killed them both. And in doing this, he found favor in, in the eyes of God, and God blessed him, and uh, he blessed his whole generation because he'd done this. And, and he shall have it, and his seed after him, even the covenant of an everlasting priesthood, because he was zealous for his God, and made an atonement for the children of Israel. Now the name of the Israelite, that was slain, even that was slain with a Mennonitish woman, was Zimmer, and the son of Salu, the priest, a prince of a chief house among the Semenites. And the name of the Mennonitish woman that was slain was Kobe, Kobe Cozy, Cozy, the daughter of Zur. He was head over a people and a chief house in Midian. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Vex the Mennonites, and smite them, for they vex you with their wiles, wherewith they have beguiled you in the matter of Peor, and in the matter of Cosby, the daughter of the prince of Midian, their sister, which was slain in the day of the plague for Peor's sake. Now then the Lord told them, he said, They vex you, you vex them. You go out and you smite them. I'm going to give them into your hands. Now you go out and you smite them. You know, sometimes, even though we are sinners, sometimes it's it's uh, it's a whole lot better for us if we left God's people alone and did not say stuff about them than it is to open our mouth and get in trouble with the Lord. Because the Lord, I tell you what, it doesn't matter whether you're saved or you're unsaved. If God chastises you, it's, it's one of the worst chastisements you're ever going to get. Because he is not going to put up with 
uh, some of our silly stuff that we do. But you know, the, the bad part about it is, is people do not uh, have respect for God or the church anymore. I remember a time, and it's not been that really not been that long ago, that church doors didn't even have locks on them. They left the doors open all the time, and people would come in and out and pray, and you could leave an offering plate full of money sitting out on the altar, and it would never be touched. They may it may people may put more in it, but they would never take nothing out of it. They wouldn't even go into the parking lot and drink or, or anything like that. Now it's just another place. It's just another place to rob. They have a lot of uh, nice equipment in it, and we can go in and steal that and make money on it. It's just, it's just another place. It, you know, people has lost the respect for the house of God. They have lost their respect for God. And children of God, it is our fault that they have lost it because we have laid down on the Lord. We have sat down on the Lord and we don't preach and teach the word of God like we used to. We want to sugarcoat it because we want to get people into the church so that we can get a lot of money so we can pay some big pastor with uh, all these degrees and everything to come and, and preach for us so everybody will come in and we and we can make and the church can make a lot of money. Listen people, pastors, Sunday school teachers, deacons, board members, it ain't about the money. Church is not about the money. It's not about the pastors. It's about people's souls. That's exactly what the house of God is for. It's to get people in, tell them the, about the word of God, tell them the truth just the way that it says in the King James Version of the Bible. Don't sugarcoat it. Tell them just exactly like it is. And let, let them know that God loves them and let them know that Jesus died for their sins. And all they have to do is ask for forgiveness. And the Lord will freely give. He will freely give. But all it is anymore is, is another way to make money. That's all it is. It's, an, it's not a pastor's position anymore. It's a job. It is a job. You pay me, I'll come preach for you. You don't pay me, I ain't come preach for you. And a lot of preachers, if you ask them to come and, and pastor your church, they will tell you that you have to pay them so much a month or a week or whatever before they will come and pastor that church. What happened, pastors, to the fact of letting God lead you where he wanted you to where you could do the best? It's become a job. It's not become about the sinners. It's not a become about the people. It's a become about the money as everything else in this world. It's all about the money. But it's going, it's going to cost you one of these days. It really is. And I, I'm afraid that you, you're not want to go, you're not going to want to pay the price, but it's too late. You're going to have to pay it. You're going to have to pay it. Listen, I thank you all for listening and I hope God blesses you all in a great way. And until next time, God bless you.